Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at Integrity Pro Consulting. We love Integrity Pro because of their discipline and approach to organizational change management. Have you ever noticed that you can successfully complete a project but not have large-scale adoption of whatever it is you are deploying? That's because your organization didn't change well enough. So if you want a partner whose deployments are focused on the actual change that matters, give IPC a look. Links will be in the description below. All right. What are we talking about today, Corey? Oh, man, Duke, you know, I was kind of just um, channel surfing and everywhere I, I turned during, on the uh, business channels, ServiceNow mm-hmm. beats the earnings. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I haven't actually heard about ServiceNow earnings in a while. I haven't been paying attention, but I uh, just kind of caught that by coincidence. Uh, figured we should talk about it. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should talk about that, especially because it's it's not a surprise, right? <laughs> so, yeah, right. Oh, ServiceNow beat earnings again. And the sky's blue. <laughs> <laughs> I think they kind of consistently do this. <laughs> this water's wet, man. Like, it doesn't surprise you. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. More specifically, though, like, yes, they beat earnings again. But what does that mean to you, the listener? Because we're all about making sure the things we talk about are actually valuable. We're not doing this for the lulls. <laughs> Absolutely. And so what I tell you is that... It, what it would mean to me right now if I actually bought the stock way back when, when I thought I should have <laughs> bought the stock, <laughs> is it would mean some extra money in my market account. But unfortunately, I did not buy the stock when I should have bought the stock. And yeah, so um, on to other things. <laughs> what right, but I mean, it is kind of the question, right? Why didn't a whole bunch of people buy at 300? Because 300 is kind of a big number. And it's like, how much bigger can this get? Right hindsight being 2020 it's at 600 now or at least it was yesterday yeah yeah <laughs> like exactly. a lot farther. <laughs> and so now the rest of us are sitting here at 600 saying how much farther can it go and i guess the one thing we should say Corey, is that we are not financial advisors and none of the things we say should be taken as financial advice take your own risks with your own money make your own decisions um absolutely but still I- give us a like yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And look, don't be surprised when this thing continues to beat earnings and it continues to shoot through the, to the through the stratosphere like a rocket ship. Right? It's not out of gas yet, guys. There's a whole lot more in the tank for service now. I'm not surprised to see it beat beat earnings. I won't be surprised next quarter when it beats earnings either. I mean, to a lot of folks way back when when I first got into this platform. Like this thing is the best thing going. It's going to be huge. It is now huge. It's going to continue to get even bigger. And I just, you know, what would surprise me is if that doesn't happen. Like if we're sitting here in a, in a quarter or two or a year saying, huh, whatever happened to service now? I just don't see that happening though. The question for me is when's going to be their first awful quarter? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> in 13 years. Um, and... Like one example of why it's not out of gas, why I think it's it's going to keep meeting its goals is because it scales so well. Why do I think it's going to keep scaling? I think it's going to keep scaling because it's scaled up to its own category of app. Like there is no other app like ServiceNow that I know of. Right. Right. And remember when we did the, the episode on existential threats? Yep. Like we'll put that in the description below. That would be a good episode to listen to after this one, where we talked about what could possibly knock ServiceNow off the throne. Just going back to that episode, I don't see any of those things on the horizon. Honestly, 
I think the only thing that can knock ServiceNow off the throne is ServiceNow. Just ServiceNow failing to execute is the biggest risk to the company right now. Yep. But I think that risk depletes a bit with the size of the organization and the amount of trust they put horizontally throughout it, right? Like Absolutely. ServiceNow has got a ton of awesome people working there. And so one or two of them might fail miserably and catastrophically, but do they have enough failure potential individually to take the whole ship down with it? No, not at all. And even if they do, right? Like think about the ecosystem that's been built up around this thing as well. We can catch it if it starts to fall, you know, and and that's not to say that us collectively have this sort of, you know, multi-billion dollar stopping power or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But what it comes down to, though, is that we're all evangelists for the product. And as long as we're out here and as long as we're still seeing the value in it and we're still making that known. Right. Yeah. It, it gives them a little bit of leeway to kind of have some course correction. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of really big companies making a lot of money off of service now. So it's like if there's really catastrophic leadership decisions being made, I'm going to assume from some future leader, not Bill. <laughs> but if there's some really like catastrophic decisions being made at the top, you'd have like, I mean, gosh, you got KPMG, Accenture, all of those, the big four plus the non-American biggest of bigs. Like you don't think they'd walk into somebody's office and say, hey, listen, Stop fucking around. We got money to make here. (laughs) Right. I mean, they're all bought in. And then when you're in a situation where they're bought in, it makes it a lot easier to continue that upward trajectory that um, ServiceNow is on right now. And then look at the competition. Like, it's really a question of like how many more people can ServiceNow get to buy? Not even how, how hard can we stave off the competition because who's competing? Yeah. I mean, you get these apps that are eating away at the ITSM stuff. Okay. That was 10 years ago's battle. Right. Like ServiceNow is fully, completely blown past that idea of it's an ITSM platform. I think now more than ever, people see that ITSM is just the start. I mean, we've been saying it for forever, forever, forever. Yeah, no doubt, Duke. I mean, Trojan horse theory here, right? Like, you know, ITSM was the platform and the the product to kind of get them in the door. But once you're in the door with this incredible platform that is so configurable and so scalable and and, and has so much potential, like literally limitless potential once you get a hold of it, it was only a matter of time before it was going to start to lay siege to the rest of the enterprise. Right. Yeah. And, and and that's where they are now. They are in that position now where they're laying siege to the enterprise. And then now they're even getting very particular about how they lay those sieges. Right. Yeah. Like, so, you know, in, in, the, in the past, it was just we're going to attack these processes. But now they're kind of opening up and they're they're getting a lot more specific about things. And I think that can only open up more markets for them. And there's a, a real strategic flexibility too. like, no, no, nobody saw COVID coming. Right. Right. And I mean, it's a disaster for so many businesses, except except service you know, now. <laughs> just like pivot on a heel. Hey, I wonder if we can help solve this problem. And they've got what fifteen apps now, yeah, on the platform, small as they may be, but help with everything COVID related. And like yeah. nobody had solutions ready to go, and nobody was entrenched in enough businesses to really leverage a solution like that. So the next disaster that comes, like I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that somebody at ServiceNow starts worrying about supply chains, like the way logistics people are worrying about supply chains and start putting ServiceNow tech around that. But it just feels like name a disaster that affects globally and ServiceNow can just pivot and basically in an instant empower 
every industry in the world to adapt to that disaster. I mean, it's almost like those, I don't know if they were Red Cross commercials or Allstate commercials or whoever it was, where, you know, something something's bad happening to somebody and then these guys roll up and they make it all better. And it doesn't matter what that something bad is. They were, I mean, the commercials like went across various different disasters. They would always be the people to show up. <laughs> and I think right now ServiceNow is those uh, is in that position. Like if something, if there's a disaster, you know, who do you call? You don't even have to call them. They're just going to show up with a plethora of apps, a plethora of apps. And, um, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. Like everybody was looking for answers to COVID and enough people had service now. Okay. Here's an, here's an answer. Yeah, exactly. It's, right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what solution spread as fast as the Delta variant did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. Like every instance that I've worked on since they've deployed those COVID apps have mm -hmm. had those COVID apps installed. Right. Yeah. And even if it's just been in the dev environment and with an edit from on high to take a look at this and see how we can implement this in our procedures. They have all had them installed and looking into them to, you know, utilize in day to day. So I mean, there's obviously some traffic there and obviously some uptake. Okay, so COVID is just one example of ways ServiceNow can continue to scale. What are some other ways? Oh man, industry, like industry verticals would be really, really huge. And, and they're already targeting these things, right? But manufacturing is, is something that's kind of very specific. You know, um, like you mentioned about logistics, they're just uh, the, there's the health industry that we've talked about on previous shows, right? Where I mean, obviously, there is so much potential for disruption there, right? Yeah. I mean, and so much potential for success if done correctly, because what's going on there right now is just not working, not working for anyone, I don't think. And it's here's an, I'll give you a specific example of that. For those of you who are on my mailing list, you may remember they did those kind of like industry breakdowns and what's different about this and why you should why it should matter to you if you're a service provider or a consultant or something is that, you know, IT is not the same everywhere. And the things people care about in different industries are just radically different, radically different. I was on a deployment. We were deploying ServiceNow at a, at a health system, not an altogether big one either. And during every workshop, it was like, what are you like, how is this going to help us with Epic? Which right. for those of you outside the US, Epic is like the ServiceNow of hospital work. Right. Right. It's like all the, how do I book a doctor? What have they just prescribed to me? What were the last treatments that they did? It's like the hospital system of record. Yeah. And it's massive, but it's like you're sitting there in this meeting where the customer is begging for help making stuff with Epic easier. They want their Epic devs to go faster. They want their Epic deployments to go easier and faster. And it's like, and what did the deployment team do? Fucking talked about ITSM categories for five meetings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's format your notifications, stuff like this team just didn't care about. Right. It's epic, 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 epic. And you go to any health system in the US and, and it's like, what do you wish was easier? Epic. And so, and every industry has this kind of stuff. And ServiceNow can tailor, like whether it's process approaches or tooling, can make these paradigms easier. So how does this matter to you? Like pay attention to where you are. Take a deep, deep look about how your company operates you know, maybe you're in IT, maybe you're in HR, whatever, but just lean into and figure out what makes this company different from other industries you may have been in. 
Yeah. I mean, it's you're exactly right when it comes down to it. Not every industry is the same. And what your process in IT and every other kind of application on the ServiceNow platform is going to be slightly different depending on what industry you're enmeshed in. And, you know, when you if you want to actually target some industries, making those um, processes a bit more, making those applications a bit more industry specific so you can cut down on some of that onboarding time and, and, and get straight to the point. It's always about getting straight to the point and showing value immediately. The more you can do that, the more value that you actually bring to the table, believe it or not. Right. And so in those situations, I think that ServiceNow has a huge market ahead of it or huge vision ahead of it, you know, in terms of, you know, just expansion and continuing to grow the product. Okay. So we're talking about expansion into industries. Another place is expansion into processes. And this should be real obvious. I mean, even in the last five years, I think it's exploded HR, GRC. And even within those areas, I feel like the processes are widening and deepening. Like project benefit management is like literally a thing in service now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's bigger than some of the COVID apps are. If, if there's something out there that needs to be done inside of an already existing process, you know, it's, it's very reasonable to expect the service now will get to it or has already has like a team already on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think back in the day, you know, and this was one of the great things about back in the day, too. The platform was the platform and it just kind of invited you to build a lot of this stuff. But, you know, ServiceNow is kind of caught up with us, too. And that's and that's great because not everybody wants to rebuild HR again for the 15th client. Right. It's mm-hmm. great that you can go in and get the ServiceNow HR experience and you have all of this stuff kind of built for you out of the box. And then all you have to do is kind of configure it and customize it a little bit to your clients needs. Right. And so there's a huge market there in doing some of those things and really diving in depth to some of those processes that are necessary and that other tools are doing that ServiceNow can do better, quite frankly. And in those situations where it can't, right, integrating. I mean, that's that's if you're not a ServiceNow person, first of all, welcome. But (laughs) um, (laughs) so good to have you here. Uh, Appreciate it. Not sure how you found us. Yeah. I would ask you to look at how ServiceNow is structured. Like just look at their feed on LinkedIn and just watch how many teams ServiceNow has. has. Like there's more than one. There's tons of teams out there that are basically like hyper-connected to the customer base, helping them do stuff that ServiceNow doesn't already do. There's an entire team that does that just for low-code development. There's an entire team that does it just for like top level, like what's the CIO worried about today kind of stuff. And I've seen four or five of them. So ServiceNow, is, they have this vacuum over top of their entire customer ecosystem, drawing up all these ideas Yeah, for processes and the industries. And then I guess the third leg on the stool is the technologies. Right. And I'll tell you what, dude, this is the first version where I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> in Quebec, in Paris, prior to that, we've seen like, oh, here's a brand new big thing. Tech-wise, right? Not process-wise. Right. And it's like, oh, I'll just catch up to that later. I'll catch up to that later. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I better better lean into that if I'm ever doing general consulting again. Right. But maybe because I'm super involved in Vivid Charts and, and other stuff, like, didn't have the time, didn't make the time. And now here we are in Rome, and almost all the big stuff is about stuff I haven't caught up to yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where have I been? I mean, dude, there's some stuff in here that is so freaking cool. 
like this work this workforce optimization right like this is some of this stuff is like you know the integrations with third-party learning management systems like that is something that i've often thought about and and had clients ask me about way back in the past right mm-hmm. and i see some of this stuff now coming to fruition i mean like come on like this i mean this is great and like you said totally with you on that if I haven't kept up as much as I'd ever hoped to, right? So there's a whole lot of this stuff in here that is building on other stuff that I hadn't kept up on, right? Yep. I kept up, you know, just enough, right, to stay certi- certified. But a lot of my clients hadn't necessarily been in the in the position to roll roll some of this stuff out. So if you're not actively using it day to day, you know, you you learn as much as you need to for the test, right? And but man, like this stuff here, like I got to get in the lab. Right. I need I need to spin up personal development instances. I got to open up docs and I just kind of got to start smashing through it and, and figuring out how this stuff works. So I don't get any further behind. This is crazy. This pace of innovation is breakneck. Yeah. What's clear to me is that ServiceNow is modernizing its own platform. Right. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a lot of the old standby processes, like the ITSM ones, suddenly have radically new and improved interfaces in the next release or two and just applying deeper and deeper tech. And when I say deeper and deeper tech, I mean, the new UI builder is insane. Yeah. Because it's a lot more, time will tell if the skills can be developed in the market fast enough for it to scale really big. Time will only tell that, but it's a lot more powerful. It totally puts to bed this idea that apps are just forms and lists. Yeah. I mean, the, the UI builder basically allows you to create whatever the hell you want to create. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's kind of where we are now. We're, we're past the forms and lists and we're, we're at the ability now to create full-fledged, rich UI applications and you know, on top of the ServiceNow platform, which was already giving you so much. I mean, you're already getting things like notifications and workflow automation and a whole security built in, a whole lot of other stuff. And so when you look at all of that and the, and the database and the tables and well, all of that, right? You got all that stuff, right? And then you throw on top of that, like this new GUI that basically allows you to build like a world-class user interface. I mean, man, come on. Like there, that's nothing at this point that the platform can't do if you have enough imagination. We've seen that ServiceNow can basically scale in three directions. If you can grow in three directions, that's more than just linear growth. Yeah, that is like geometric growth. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's three more different ways that ServiceNow can either go deeper or attract new customers. Right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. oh, you're doing great on ITSM. What's next? Pick a process. Or, oh, you couldn't go deep enough before because we weren't caught up enough on our chatbots or virtual agents, and now you can. Or, like, you were already a big spender with us, but now with this industry solution, we can completely revolutionize your actual literal business operations, not just the operations behind the scenes. This stuff matters, man. This stuff matters. And I just... And most people completely underestimate how the pressure for businesses to use like one just single app for multiple purposes, right? And and with ServiceNow being able to offer all of those additional purposes and being already entrenched in a business, right? I mean, you know, the land and expand is what it's called, right? Like, and that land and expand potential is just almost limitless. So th- we're we're firmly in the camp of I don't know how far this thing is going to go, right? Right. But I'm, like I'm buying, I'm buying again, not, not to investment advice, but I don't think it's stopping at 600. So do, you know, when, when we start thinking about the next thing, right? Like, what does that mean to you? Right. When I think about what that means to me or someone like me, it means that the opportunity to exist in this ecosystem and, you know, have a meaningful career here and have a meaningful business here, right. Is only getting started. 
I think that for someone like me who loves the tech, right, who loves to geek out over the tech and loves new things and innovation, right? Like I just only see it, I only see more and more of that coming from ServiceNow, right? And and that and that makes me happy, right? I love the new things that come out. I love playing with those things. I love dissecting them and actually making them do things that they weren't intended to do. Thanks, ServiceNow. Appreciate that. But I mean, it's great, right? If you're someone like me, I grew up in the, in, in my opinion, kind of like the dawn of the second age of technology, right? Where, you know, the internet was starting to come about, personal computers were getting a little bit more affordable. And, you know, being able to actually do things with software was becoming, you know, it was the start of that era, right? Just before like 99 and the dot-com bubble was turned into a crash, like all of that stuff. That's where I grew up. And I love like all of that technology and, and, and that pace of innovation and ServiceNow is bringing that to the table. And so I, I mean, I love that for me, that is a, a huge selling point knowing that I'm working on a product that will not settle for second place. Yeah, if I was taking anything away from this constant outperforming their goals uh, and realizing that they expand in three different directions, that gives me great opportunities to not swim upstream. Like th- th- it can oh, show yeah. me ways I can uniquely niche within the industry, right? You have the opportunity to be a process expert. Oh, good point. And there's so many processes out there that you can very quickly go from like a nobody in the space to a somebody just by getting to a process that not has a whole lot of expertise in. You can niche down in tech. You could be like a guru in any one of a number of ServiceNow specific techs and who cares about the process. Right. Right. Just how would I apply this tech in this situation? And then you have the ability to be an industry expert. Like you might be the person who knows ITBM best in the healthcare system. That's a thing. It's also a thing to just be the ServiceNow expert at the COVID apps, you could probably right. make a career just off that. Or, or at least a good few years. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I mean, no, totally, man. And the total addressable market, right, this thing is huge. And I'm not talking about ServiceNow's total addressable market. I'm talking about from the perspective of someone looking to have a career in, inside of ServiceNow, right? Like the total addressable market is huge. I mean, the ability to kind of niche down into any one of these multiple things, right, and still have enough demand to actually have a career on that and make a name for yourself in this industry, like it's huge. It's limitless almost. Okay. Hearing us talk about all the different things you can do to make sure that you've got a bigger slice of the pie in this giant growing pie um, (laughs) brings us to, it reminds me of one of the questions you and I talk about that really frustrates us, right? What question is that? It's an incredibly frustrating question, right? Too, because I feel like, you know, if you had been in this industry as long as either of us, you'd absolutely already know the answer to this question. But the question is, is ServiceNow still good for careers? Mm. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm angry <Right>? already. <laughs> Let's start from the place that we're actually doing a ServiceNow podcast right now. If there was no potential here for mm-hmm. folks to enter this market, would there be potential or even demand for a ServiceNow podcast? I think not. That's one place where right where I start on this thing. But I mean, for everything else that we've already said, right, the yeah. ability to you know dive into a niche inside of a niche, the the fact that ServiceNow has never, I don't think. Maybe they have, I, I can't recall, but I don't think they've ever not beat earnings, right? Like they, and if they have, like they, they're on a current streak, right? Of beating earnings that goes back to, to someplace I can't recall, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the stock price is at 600. I remember when the thing was at 30, 
Um, <laughs> everywhere I look, when I look at ServiceNow, I just see more expansion, more expansion, more expansion, more customers, more people trying to get into the ecosystem, more value being returned based on every unit of, uh, of work that's being put into the platform. It's just never ending. So when someone asks me, is it still good for careers? I'm like, <laughs> like just look around, man. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's really the key. You can't blame a person for not having the observation of two guys who have been there, done that a hundred times in the space. But to some extent, it's like, look around, just like your words, Corey, look around. Like if somebody just said, if I just like went to some other planet and, you know, I was looking for a job there and, oh, here's an XYZ company on that planet. How would I find out if, if it's good for careers? Well, I might look at its stock price. I might take a look at its earnings over time, right? Yeah. I might talk to a few consultants like, hey, what kind of work do you do? What's new on the horizon? Right. Right. Where is it expanding? What are you afraid of? Not A, because you know what it, what it reeks of when you just say, hey, is ServiceNow good for careers? Be my safety net. You be my <laughs> safety net. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if I want to, you know, look into this at all. Like, I just want somebody to tell me that's a sure thing. And somebody to blame if it's not, right? Like, they right. want to come back and try to hold, you know, us accountable if we say, hey, this is a great thing and it turns out not to be. I mean, life is full of risk, right? But yeah. ultimately, you got to contextualize that risk. And contextualizing the risk of joining the ServiceNow ecosystem, to me, shows you that the risk is absurdly small. Mm -hmm. Right. No matter what it is that you're already currently doing, if you have any kind of IT inclinations or aptitude and you want to join the ServiceNow ecosystem, the risk is absurdly small that you won't be able to make it and that you won't be able to have a promising career if you put in the work. And we've been having episode after episode, our last episode, right? The, the veterans episode, the topic keeps on coming up. People who had nothing to do with IT. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just had cool and unique backgrounds that they embraced and they leaned into coming into the service now ecosystem and absolutely slaying. And I love those stories. I try and tell as many of those stories as I can, because it shows you just have to have an eye for solving problems. Yes. And forget workout. It's like, it's like an app for solving problems in the business. And lots of different people can do that. Not just people who grew up in IT. This is true. It is absolutely true. Right. If you do have a knack for solving problems and you can do so on the ServiceNow platform, as long as you know the platform. So learning and, and applying that knowledge of solving problems creates value for the business equals career. <laughs> yeah. Again, like this to me, this one isn't very hard. Right. Even looking from the outside. It, it's, it's funny to me how many people who I talk to still don't know what ServiceNow is or have never heard of it. But that number is starting to diminish. I'll be honest with you. It used to be, I'd say, 99 percent of the people would ask me what I do. And I say, I'm a ServiceNow uh, consultant. And they say, what's ServiceNow? And then I had to explain it to them using Salesforce. Right. Have you heard of Salesforce? <laughs> it's like the Salesforce or IT. Right. Like that's always been my go to. But I'd say at this point now, I'm kind of like at a 70-30, right, where 30% of the people who I say I'm a ServiceNow consultant to say, oh, I know ServiceNow. We actually use that where I am. It's like, oh, great. Give me a call if you guys need any help, because I guarantee you, you probably will. <laughs> I mean, at this point, right, the word of mouth is spreading to such a degree. It's just insane. Right. So the, the question is, ServiceNow still good for careers? It's just one of those things that just is mind blowing to me. It just makes me wonder, like if, if people have, you know, even yeah. looked around. In my mind, it has never been better to start. There's never been an easier time to go into ServiceNow and to find something that will elevate you from 
like let's just start you off at the bottom to elevate you from the bottom to somewhere where you're broadly recognized for your expertise. It's never been an easier path. And when you're sitting in that kind of ecosystem where that opportunity is so rich and obvious and someone comes up and says, hey, is this any good for a career? It's like, how do you even describe that? (laughs) Imagine being on the beach, beautiful summer day, not a cloud in the sky, perfect breeze so you're not too hot, not too cold. You're just sitting there minding your own business, watching those waves roll in and somebody walks up to you and says, hey, how's the weather today? (laughs) (laughs) let me check you interrupted me for that (laughs) (laughs) oh man like this is where my daughter would you know she would stop and she would do full-on emotes and she'd say hmm let me check looks up into the sky (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on right like it's obvious Right. Like you said, like, don't stop and ask me that question. If you get my attention, ask me something of value, right? Something where I can provide some value to you. I, I mean, I hear this so so often in, in um, places with influencers, right? Like especially business influencers. Don't send them an email. Don't send someone like Jason Calacanis an email and say, hey, can we get together for coffee? Why the yeah. hell does he want to get together with you for coffee? Right. Instead, send him something interesting. Right. Like if you get this person's attention, use that 30 seconds of attention that you got to make them interested in whatever the hell it is you're interested in oh, or at man. least interested in you. <laughs> oh, this is a great tangent. I get that a lot too on LinkedIn. I'll get people, Hey, can you mentor me? And I'm like, um, how about like, now? We should probably talk about what you think that means. And they'll say something like, tell me what to do in service now. So that it's the most lucrative over a five to 10 year period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> First of all, I'm not an oracle here. I know that it's growing, but I like I know nothing about you. I don't know how you came up. I don't know which of the dozen processes ServiceNow does that you most align with. I don't know if you're a technical person or a process person. And like I've got to build the path for you and I've got to do that basically for free. Like, no. <laughs> right. If you're starting in your ServiceNow career and you're anxious to know like the optimal path, the only person who could tell you the optimal path is a psychic, right? Or a fortune teller. But don't ask the wrong questions. Don't be looking for like, which process should I do? Which just, you got to put in the work of determining which of those three vectors are best for you. Again, the industry vector, the process vector, or the tech vector. And experiment a bit, look around, do your own research and find out where you align to those and how those kind of meld into your own experience and background. And then it, like, then life will take care of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. You got to put in the work to be able to ask the question. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's why it, if you remember all the cartoons when someone's going to go beseech the Oracle, right? There's always these trials before they made it to the Oracle, right? You got to prove that you're worthy. Mm. You know, and, and, and that's not to say that, you know, this is some kind of elitist sort of thing, but it, it's really about making sure that you can get value out of the question that you're going to ask, right? Because you're not going to have this person, either me or Duke or someone else, right? You're not going to have that person's undivided attention for a long time, if you even get their attention at all. So if you get it, make sure you use it to your best capability, right? So that you get something out of it. And, and that's why we say do the work before you ask the question, right? So you know what question to ask. A good question is what processes are there? What techs are there? What industries are there? Right. Yeah, not which one is best because like, (laughs) imagine all the questions you'd have to ask. Yeah, no, man, way too many. 
if I've got someone in front of me who I admire and I've had had this situation before, you just want to ask questions that are going to make that person want to engage with you and not something like where that person is going to look at you like a waste of their time. All right. So we're close to the record limit. Shall we just drop a few like highly tactical, very specific suggestions? Yeah, we go for that. Since we know we know it's going to grow, continue to grow. So how do I best make myself grow within that? All right. I'll follow your lead on this one. <laughs> okay. So I would say if you're at all technically inc- inclined, go spend more time than usual diving into Rome. Oh, yeah. If go you're ahead. one of the tech people, right? And you might even like just niche down even within a tech and like I'm a virtual agent person and I don't care about like UI builder or something. But I think Rome is like a new baseline for the tech. The techs that they're talking about in Rome are what the future is going to be built on. If you if you can get your hands around UI builder now, you're going to be way ahead. Absolutely. You know, I'd actually suggest something uh, that's a little different than than that too, uh, Duke. And I, and I think that's a great suggestion. Instead of saying, you know what I think you should do in service now, I'm going to say what you should do in your life, right? And I think in, in your career, you're likely working in some sort of business or enterprise or something like that. Look around for problems. Look around for problems and then try to figure out how you can solve those problems with service now. Oh, yeah. That kind of get, puts you on a direction of learning the technologies in a, in a way that's contextually relevant to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I find that I learn better in that way. So I would say if you can't find any problems in your department, look outside of your department, go go talk to other folks, figure out what issues that they're having that they need help with and then figure out how ServiceNow can help them. And, and, even, and maybe even, you know, if you're not a ServiceNow subscriber, right, maybe even spin up a PDI, right, and, put, and, and build out a proof of concept and show it and see, hey, would this actually solve your problem? That takes you from technology, though, all the way through to consulting, Right. I, I can't believe how many times I suggest that to people and they're surprised by it. You don't even have to have a useful idea, like useful as in marketable, right? right. Like you don't have to have an app idea that people will buy in order to build something on your PDI that's going to magnify your skills. I have a, a friend in the ServiceNow ecosystem and she, she had been a homemaker forever, right? And she decided she wanted to have a career and, and, and jumped into ServiceNow and we're looking for exercises to help her build up technical skill. And I'm like, why don't you build an app on ServiceNow for the management of a home? Oh, that's beautiful. Right? Like you're talking about your kids and their chores and the different, you know, the games you play where it's like, oh, it's so-and-so's turn to be in the front seat when we drive to this place and like yeah. setting expectations and da-da-da-da-da. And a lot of people would kind of wonder, oh, was there no value in that? Well, yeah, there is because you have to figure out different ways of working. Absolutely. Like, let's let's imagine a, a task that was for a chore. It, it generates the chores for the week, and you didn't do your chore that week. Well, th- what happens to the task? Does it stay open for next week? And you have two of the same chore in one week? No, it just it has to just go away. Right. Yeah, and then there's like penalties and reward systems and, yep. you know, things that aren't chores, but kind of like FYI, like let's tilt the knowledge base to that end. And how are we going to present that? Now you're in service portal. That is flexing huge muscles, technically. Absolutely. Huge muscles. And and huge muscles in your mind for getting to understand different ways of working. Because as service now expands into these other dimensions, processes, and industries, better believe there's different ways of thinking about work that aren't the whole ITIL incident management, open work in progress closed. Man, let me tell you, if someone came to me uh, on a job interview and said, you know, I don't have any experience, but look what I built. And they show me like this home management 
app that they've built in service now that does half of what you just said. They're hired on the spot. Right. Like, yeah. like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, like to me, it, it's if you can do that on your own, I already know what, what you could do if I give you some stories to work. So <laughs> that's right. I mean, to me, that's just a, that's man, that's great advice. That will distinguish a person who will understand the best way to build something versus the customer asked for this. So I'm just going to build it exactly as they asked. Yeah. And it shows that spark, that fire that I like to see in, in folks that I hire or that I work with, right? Like that motivated self-starter, you know, somebody who's not going to sit around and just wait for directions, but kind of going to get up and kind of get into it and help. Once you get into deep into an implementation, the last thing you really need to be doing, especially if you're doing work too, is babysitting someone else, right? Which is spoon feeding them work to do. I want somebody who can jump in there and say, hey, I saw there were five stories that needed to be done. I went ahead and took care of them because I had extra time. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. give me that. Or, hey, I, I looked at the architecture plan and I actually think this one piece here could be done in a different way. Let's have a conversation about it. Right. Like, give me that person any day of the week. I don't care if they got experience or not. <laughs> we are at time, folks. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you to our sponsors, Integrity Pro Consulting. Check them out. The link will be in the description below if you care about making sure your organization changes along with the project that's being deployed. All right. Well, as always, Duke, it's been a pleasure recording with you this week and chat with you later. We will see you next time, folks.